Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Haller, and joined today by my partner, my friend, my mentor, and somebody who I think is freaking cool, just overall, Kirk Lowe. Now today, we're going to tackle something. We, we've actually like, previewed this in a previous episode, but we're going to talk about the biggest challenge that advisors face with accelerating their influence, which is start and stop marketing. Now, the only way that you overcome stop and start marketing is you have to create really good habits. So it's interesting because Kirk has been really diving into this book called Atomic Habits, and we're going to start talking about how that's so wildly applicable to financial services professionals. Because listen, we've all struggled with this, right? I mean, all of us struggle creating new habits, but there's some really good things in the show today that are going to really help you not to just create good habits, but start creating content, stop your start and stop marketing, and more importantly, get better as an advisor. Kirk, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matthew. I'm ready to get going today. You know what's funny here? As you're doing the intro here, I'm thinking to myself, how many people are familiar with you now, what you talk about, you know, the company you represent, and when you go to events, how many people come up, and this is all from you and I creating a habit, good habits. Consist, and we're going to talk about those, right? But it, a lot of it has to do with just our big picture consistency. Okay, so here's the deal. Why is this so hard for advisors to create really good habits surrounding marketing? Well, I think the most obvious thing to me is I'm not sure advisors really know what marketing habits they need to create. And what's really interesting is sometimes we read studies from people asking advisors what they're doing, what's popular, and then what's working. And I'm thinking to myself, why are we doing this? Why are we taking advice from an audience who are not experts in marketing? For the most part, some are very adept at it, right? Some of you get this stuff, you love doing it. It may be just as much fun for you as financial planning, but not most. And that's clear to us, lots of marketers, and it's clear to lots of you with, you know, lack of growth and all kinds of things. But that's, you know, uh, so, so many advisors really are in this place. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with, I'm not blaming advisors, I'm not blaming you. But I think a lot of advisors have been marketed to and sold to by marketing ideas that maybe work in the short term, but, you know, they're not as good in the long term. And when they stop slowing down, where something happens in the advisor's world, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work because you didn't stick with it. Sometimes there's just a blip or, you know, marketing is not, it's not a, it's not like this, the growth, right? We go through it. The better we get at it sometimes it's still surprising that we have these lulls and then we have, you know, the opposite where it's, you know, we're just being flooded. It's really interesting how things happen and we don't know why human behavior, it's, un it's unpredictable, but you can still do predictable stuff, but you can't get to predictable unless you've created consistency 
and a habit for it, right? So really it's, um, it's advisors are not doing marketing in a habitual way. It's unplanned. They're being marketed to by these ideas. They're not sticking with it long enough because their expectations maybe are misaligned, all kinds of things. Uh, if you want to start leveraging the great outcomes that marketing affords, you have to start with being a thought leader. I, I don't, hopefully, if you're not of that mindset, if you're still thinking you don't need to be a thought leader to be great at marketing, I think you need to start reading some books, you know, go out and listen, you know, listen to our podcast, listen to a bunch of other ones, like start increasing your knowledge set and awareness of what's going on, because this is the way to do it. There are different ways to do it, but this is the way. Um, you have to be able to share your expertise. And if you think about it, that's scale credibility, which is really important. It's hard to compete if you can't, if you've got to be everywhere talking to everybody one-on-one or one to 10 or even one to 30. What you want to do is try to talk to everybody one to, you know, unlimited amount of people, one to everyone, right? One opportunity to talk and we can explain more another time about how to do that. But that's in, in our formula. Here's the thing that advisors have to remember too is creating these habits of being a thought leader is that if you com- if you're an expert, that means that you compete in the expertise economy. And you have to showcase your expertise. And if you're not and if you're only doing that one-on-one or in small settings and they cost a lot of money and take a lot of time, you have to change the way you approach that. You have to look for efficiencies, you have to look for scalability. Those things are absolutely critical to how you market going forward. And so once you have the content, everything else is easier. So if you can create the habit of creating content, then everything uh, gets a lot easier. So think about that. For my experience, content is one of the most difficult habits to form. I've been in financial marketing for over 25 years now. And before Matt and I started this company, I can literally recall two advisors that I'd worked with who were consistent over years of creating content every couple of weeks, at the least every month, two of hundreds. And so it's a major problem. And it's actually how Matt and I started this company is we recognized, and we're going to explain why, that the way we were doing content seemed like it could actually work for a lot of advisors. And I would say we're a lot more right than we are wrong, but we still got a ways to go with advisors have ways to go and understanding that. So, you know, as an advisor, you can't do everything, you know, lack of time, lack of talent. And that, you know, that's not a dig, right? We all have talent and, you know, being great at marketing and the things that it takes to be successful at marketing aren't always the things that we get into business for or that you want to be doing. So I think as much as you can, uh, I think advisors sometimes try to fix this by hiring, by jumping from one thing to the other, hoping that something's going to not take a lot of work and they'll have great success. That would be nice, but it doesn't work like that. And the other one is to hire a marketing assistant or make somebody in your office responsible for marketing who maybe doesn't have the expertise that they need to, to help you be successful. So the idea here is that you need to outsource as much as you possibly can. If you can have somebody inside doing it and what you're really trying to avoid here is you're trying to avoid start and stop marketing because start, start and stop marketing will absolutely kill uh, the growth of your company. You, 
there's two things that you said there right at the end that I want to address. The first one is you said as an advisor, you can't do everything. I, I want to just qualify that a little bit. No, you probably can do it, but you shouldn't, right? I mean, I think that's really, really important. You know, advisors are super freaking smart, right? They're generally a jack of all trades, all of that sort of stuff. But that's one of the things just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And then the other piece of it is the outsourcing component. And Kirk, you've heard me say this over and over again, for everything you want in life, you have to give up something proportionate to that want. You can give up time, talent, treasures, relationships, and control. And what we're talking about here is you do need to give up a little bit of time, but giving up a little bit of time is going to get you a lot greater time on the back end. You have to outsource the talent, right? You have to give up some time because, and you're going to talk about all of this here in the habits, but relationships and control, I want to really talk about the control component. And that's one of the main reasons why advisors have stop and start marketing or start and stop marketing is because they are so concerned about the control. And in fact, I just interviewed uh, Andrew Hatherly yesterday, who's an advisor who uh, launched his podcast through the Pod Rocket Academy. And um, he said, perfection is the enemy of done. He said, I, when I've gone into this, I never thought I'd get all of these auxiliary benefits, which we can talk about a little bit later. But the number one thing that has really, really helped me is realize I'm not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. I need to just get the content out there. So I think those are some of the reasons why people, well, he's... He really is. And that's part of being your own loud is living in your own level of perfection, right? Because you are the only you that's ever there. Okay, let's define something here because you just, we need an operational definition. So the operational definition is how do you, Kirk Lowe, define start and stop marketing? Well, I don't know if this is much of a definition, but I think it's kind of obvious that it's what most advisors do. They start a marketing tactic and then they stop it uh, for whatever reason. It, it didn't meet their expectations. They got busy. They couldn't see taking it forward. It was too expensive, whatever it is. They're not good reasons to stop your marketing. Now you can evolve into something else and you can stop something, but it has to be part of something bigger. Like you can't just start your marketing and then completely stop it. It. So here's some examples. I'll throw out a couple and maybe you can throw a couple of Matt seminars. I know so many advisors, you know, seminars are easy to track measure. So I think they get a lot of credence from that perspective. They are expensive typically and advisors start and stop those all the time. And they don't think about the impact that has. We'll talk about that a little bit. Webinars, email blasts. Right. Email is hot one day. I, I I can't tell you how many advisors think email is is useless from a marketing perspective. Most marketers in the know who really understand marketing say that email is still the number one thing. And that will blow some people's minds. And here's why. Because it's owned audience. Most stuff that you do, you don't, unless you get their email, you don't own anything. You don't own LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn owns that. They own that audience. Right, you're just renting it while you're there. But if they shut down, or you know, hey, we had a colleague the other day who got shut down for weeks. Yep, and had, to the best of our knowledge, had nothing to do with anything she had done. So, you know, stuff happens. But email, you own that, right? You got a couple you wanted to add. 
Well, I want to touch on seminars really quickly. I'm just tell a quick story. So when I was a coach, I had an advisor here in Kalamazoo. And uh, I had hooked him up with good friends of ours at a seminar called uh, It's White Glove. And I was like, look, you know, hey, these are the people that we really like. And we really think that they've got their ducks in a row. Right. And she's and so he did one of them. He did one. He practiced Kirk for weeks, weeks. And he did one and he got two appointments. One of them became a client. And by the way, this was like like million dollars. Right. So, I mean, he generated uh, like one, you know, like 15, 12, $15,000 off of this. And he was like, this didn't work. This wasn't use of my time. Good use of my time. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? But here's the, another one that I'll use another advisor I worked with. Um, he wanted to do client events, right? Because, you know, my, one of my mentors, Ron Carson built his whole practice or a huge part of his practice on client events, referral events. And so wine tasting, golf outings and things like that. And this guy did the same thing. He did a wine event and he didn't immediately get new assets under management. And so he was like, yeah, that didn't work. Oh my God. Are you freaking kidding me? He didn't even he didn't even do the complete wine event like he didn't bring in a real sommelier and he didn't do pairings and all of those sorts of things. He just bought some cheap wine. I mean, it was just bad. But again, you can't you guys hear me say this all the time. Listen, you can't half ass your marketing. You've got a whole asset. So add some more. What are some other examples of what advisors do that is just start and stop marketing? Oh, man, you're in fine form today. I love it. Let's keep rolling here. Well, blogging, man, so many advisors. I've started and stopped blogging. Guilty. There's times where I find writing a wonderful outlet and a great way to express, but I am a perfectionist. <coughs> Pardon me. When I do blogging, perfectionist in my own world, <laughs> maybe not a writer's, but it slows me down. I don't, we know lots of people, most people start and stop podcasting. I think it's 90% of people who started a podcast don't get past 10 episodes, right? It's a crazy number, <laughs> insane number. Video, same thing. So there's SEO, running ads, there's all kinds of things here. And like Matt said, you know, even asking for referrals, which isn't really a marketing tactic kind of, but yeah, so lots of issues with start and stop marketing. Don't do it. Well, but let's, we have to, now, now it's the rubber meets the road. So we philosophically set the stage here of, you know, what's going on and what advisors have done in the past. Our job here is to try to move you forward. So what are the consequences of this? Um, you and I have experienced some of the consequences of this, uh, but what are the consequences of this stop or start and stop marketing that advisors do? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you three. There are probably more, but these are We'll call them the big three. The first one is inconsistency sends the wrong signal to your audience. So you're holding yourself out as a professional, right? Financial advisors have a lot of work to do to do that because it's not a profession that gets the acclaim that it probably should because it makes a huge impact on people's lives all through their lives and for generations. It is a really important profession. You, all of our listeners understand that. And here's the thing is we're fighting for that. And then we do, you know, how we market to people and how we communicate. It's part of the problem. It's part of our, this industry's problem. The inconsistency sends the wrong signal. So if what you're doing with your audience is important in their minds, you should be consistent at it. You should be doing it all the time. Why do you change all the time? Why do you know it's hard to follow? So that's the first consequence. The second one is you're not consistently top of mind. 
this is where a lot of advisors miss out on the momentum, which we'll talk about in a second, is that when somebody's ready to make a decision and you're not there, you're not there. And that's a big problem. If you think about what the greatest in marketing does is it's always there. You always know about them. You know, when you're ready to make a decision, Oh, I got to go there, right? You're hungry. Oh, I'm going here, right? I want to go have a coffee with my friends. I want a good coffee. I'm going here. You know, all these things. <clears throat> so top of mind is huge. And you know, you got to think about that and you got to be there. You got to be there when they're ready to make a decision, whether it's in a month or two years. We've had somebody 10 years. It's not happened once. It's happened a couple of times where people come back 10 years. I've been following you for 10 years. Holy smokes. Good for you, man. I'm glad I was interesting, kept you interested for 10 years. I bet they would say, I wish you were more consistent. In fact, it could be the reason, you know, they didn't come around in two years. I haven't. Matt hasn't been, you know. In, Not in our careers, dude. No way. No. No. We have been for seven years. We even had nuances in the last seven years since starting Proudmouth. There's no doubt about it. But for the most part, we're there all the time. And our podcast is where we've really come through. Well, let's unpack that just a, a little bit more because... If you're not there, if you, Mrs. Advisor, aren't there, somebody else is going to try to get their attention. And so it's really, really important. And, and that's you know one of the big things that marketers fight against all the time is really that. But there is another humongous component. And I think, and you might not agree with this, but I think this consequence number three is the consequence because... Anyway, so it's that you don't actually ever gain or even begin the journey of momentum. So take that away. You you lose momentum every time you stop. And Matt and I will argue to the death of this argument <laughs> that momentum is everything. And momentum is the most underrated positive marketing outcome. And nobody talks about it marketers don't talk about it. Advisors don't talk about it. Your mentors don't talk about it. Coaches don't talk about it. We talk, we do. Momentum is everything. M momentum is, oh my gosh, it's so many things. I get so wound up talking about it. I think it's the most powerful attribute of great marketing. Mar momentum is when you get going, you get better. You create more value. More people see it. More people talk about it. And your audience and network start growing. I didn't just say your audience, right? It's your network too. And it can grow two ways. We talk about the influence continuum. And, and that's most people spend their time talking to skeptics because they haven't done enough marketing. They haven't built enough momentum, credibility, right? You talked about skilled credibility early. On the other side of the continuum, sorry, I guess this would be skeptics. I can remember we're mirroring here. And then fans would be on the right. And you're always, your momentum moves you along that, right? You stop. As soon as you stop, you go back, right? Then you start again, then you go back. This is where most people are. I'm doing a video here. I know if, you, if, you, if we're doing video here, if you can't see us, go to YouTube. It's not that exciting. I'm just moving my hands along the line. <laughs> 
sophisticated graphics here. And you need to be moving in the right direction all the time. If you're going forward all the time, you're going to get better all the time. That's what we're getting at here. This is in sports, process, business, everything. This is basically the process of it's creating habits. The thing about that is as momentum builds, you create more fans. The other thing that happens is your, your audience and your, your network grow. And as they grow, that's when the good things happen. And I always like to tell people, Matt and I do, you never really know where it's going to happen, right? So part of proud mouse growth isn't just people, advisors raising their hand. It's all the companies that work with advisors who probably been the most surprising. Like when we talk to people, we love your brand. Everybody loves you guys. You guys really speak to advisors. You're all about serving them, helping them. You have so much value you give away. It's unbelievable how people feel about you. And that isn't necessary. That isn't always in the dollars and cents column, right? It's momentum. If we don't have that, what do we have? Just like doing transactions here and there? Like we've got momentum to build something bigger and you never know where the opportunities are going to come. And they do come in all kinds of interesting places, create new products, learn about our expertise. It significantly expands our expertise. There's just so many cool things happens when your network grows. It's not just audience. Hey, can I, I want to jump in there and tell a quick story because you just teed me up and I, I just got to walk through the store. So <clears throat> I was just interviewing a, a gentleman and uh, he has the Gray Divorce podcast and uh, because he's like 26 episodes in. So he's been doing it for about a year. And because of that, he just spoke in front of 200 divorce attorneys and they expressly said it's because of your podcast because you are so free with your knowledge and you're giving away so much great information. And then he also got approved for continuing education for lawyers, dude. And it's all because of this momentum that he has been able to garner over time. So Kirk, let's talk about Atomic Habits. I should have read Atomic Habits a long time ago but probably a year ago now. And it became so clear what Matt and I uh, really hit on here was we figured out how to create content creation habit. That's what we did. That's what our business is. And we're trying to share that with you. And so if you think about, so Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about the four laws of behavior change, which are simple rules for building better habits. And one is make it obvious, which is a cue. Two is make it attractive, which is craving. Three, make it easy, which is response. And four, make it satisfying, which is reward. If you can do those four things, cue, craving, response, reward, then you've got a chance to create a new, form a new habit. And as you all know, creating better habits is the most important thing to moving forward and achieving success. So we'll use podcasting as an example because it's a perfect example for Matt and I because it's worked for us. Start with the first law. It needs to be obvious. You need to have cues in place. So for Matt and I, the cues are time and location, more or less. So the first one is that Matt and I have every other Thursday, we record an episode together. And then our team sets up Matt with guests. And then it's on his calendar. They do the work. He does his thing, prep and recording. 
And the other one is that we have, we live in our podcast studio. We're constantly reminded of podcasting and how much fun we have. This is going to seem really funny, but I bought this, what, a year ago now? It does not on my camera anymore because I've changed my angle, but I have this, no, now you can't hear me, but I got this little light in front of me and I, I try to leave it on during the day. It just reminds me like I feel like I'm on and it's kind of fun. Podcasting is, is a fun experience for us. So and the first one is to make it obvious. That's what I'm supposed to be talking about. So having this here, I'm all ready to go. This is my cue, Matt's cue every day. And this, you should have the setup for Zoom meetings, virtual meetings anyway. So it, you're right there. So those are those, that's how you get to the first part is make it obvious what that habit's going to be. So you're reminded every day, every week that you need to do that. Okay. So that's the first thing. And I love the calendar stuff. So this is one of the things that I used to talk about as a coach all the time is so Wednesdays for me, I know when I wake up in the morning, those are my podcasting days. That's when my team puts, except for your and my time, that's when all of our guests are there. And I have, you know, and uh, even the very few clients that I still host their pod, it's on Wednesday. So I wake up on Wednesday, podcasting day, I'm in a different mindset, have a different outfit on. I mean, all of that stuff, it's game time. And I love your light, dude. And I love of your light because it's lights, camera, action, right? Every time I see that light, that's the first thing I think of is we're recording, right? And when you know you're being recorded, you're at a different level of professionalism. And, and I have seen that e even more in you since you've gotten that, you know, super cool boom thing. All right. So that was, yeah, I think it's called the frameworks gator. I think it's called the gator 3000. It's, it's literally the gator like 3000. It's a great arm. It's the best one I've seen. Second law of behavior change, right? So make it attractive. How can we help advisors make creating content attractive? So habits are attractive when we associate them with positive feelings. So we want to take away the barriers to creating that habit. And, you know, you need to create content. If you don't, you know, why are you listening to us? Create content make that habit fun. So for Matt and I, fun is having a great setup, like feeling good about where we're at. This is a f fantastic mic. I got this really fun arm. I've got little light here, light here. You know, I got, I, we got, you know, I got, we got, I got an EOS camera and you know, with my camera. So really ready to go here. It's energizing. Matt and I have fun doing this. It's a relationship that Matt and I have with each other but it's also a relationship we have with our audience it's a, and it's also a relationship we have with the microphone, like being able to share what we're thinking. I think everybody wants to be able to share. Sometimes people share without being prepared to add and value. They just want to have a podcast so they can talk, but we're here to add value to your businesses and your, and, and your lives. Yeah, hopefully that's obvious. If you've never done a podcast, I highly recommend trying it. Uh, we like doing video too, but we do video together more often than not. Now, Matt's a real pro. He can get up for any video. I have to be in the moment and I'm usually in the moment when I'm talking to somebody. So figure out what works for you. We still do video. It's still important. Still writing is still important. Uh, but for us, podcasting was so fun. It gave us a second thing, the craving. 
So the cue, the craving became really easy for Matt. And I think they should be easy for you too. I do literally crave interviewing people. If I don't do it, I feel a loss of something that I love to do. And I know I'm weird and whatever, but advisors do it all day long, Kirk. All they're doing is interviewing their clients. They might not look at it that way, but they ask thoughtful, insightful questions that help them, you know, build relationships. That's what we do. And that's what the power of podcasting is. All right. All right. So, okay, let's go to law number three and let's talk about making it easy. So when friction is low, habits are easy. Schedule it, outsource it, make it easy to create a habit of recording a podcast, and it'll be an unbelievable result for you. No one makes it easy. No one makes it easy as we do, by the way. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Podcasting is our superpower. Courses, coaching, co-hosts, media experience, we have we actually have co-hosts who've won Emmy Awards, uh, cr- crazy, and been executive in financial media well before other females ever had a chance. Like we're super proud of the people that we have hang- that we hang out with, and everybody loves hanging out with them. So the third one is just to make it easy. How do you make it easy? You have a team to do the stuff that you know, that that becomes a barrier for you. So take away that friction, figure out who you're going to partner with to get this done. If it's just going to be somebody in your team, figure it out, go have them go to the Academy, learn all this stuff. And if it's going to be a partner, find that partner that suits you, helps you get going and be consistent at it so that you don't worry about it. You just, you know, the response is I'm going to do this thing and move forward. Make sense. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, this is the last law that we have to address today, which is to make it satisfying. How in God's name do you make content creation and marketing satisfying? We're getting too long when Matt says we got to wrap this up. He's not, <clears throat> he's giving me cues. <laughs> Create a new habit, which is be, don't be I so no long-winded, idea dude. <laughs> so make it satisfying. If it's satisfying, you're obviously you're way more likely to repeat it. And podcasting is satisfying. We have intimate conversations with colleagues, deepen relationships with COIs. We get opportunities. We learn so much. Um, we're so professional about what we do. It gives people a chance to, to do it for themselves. Um, it's satisfying because our audience responds. Matt gets to hear. I kind of live vicariously through Matt for our audience experience. Cause Matt's the one who's out there and gets a, a, a ton of feedback and hugs, even hugs from, I, I, we haven't talked about this well, but sometimes it's funny when you get hugs from people that you just would never expect to get hugs from. And, and those can be lots of fun. If you find something that you get a lot of energy from, then you're more likely to keep doing it. So what's the reward? This is the thing. Don't, this is really hurts advisors with start and stop marketing the focus on multiple rewards focus on levels of rewards if you will what do you really get from this right so andrew hatherly you mentioned this earlier what does andrew get from a podcast Uh, yeah confidence practice 
he's deepening relationships. That was the other big thing that he talked about on the show was the amount of new relationships and how much deeper his strategic partners have gotten with them. He's getting people who he never thought he would get on, on a podcast who are open and willing because he's got the social proof of really producing great content. There are a lot of auxiliary benefits, but here's the deal. He's also gotten actual new business from it, right? And so he now I, I pushed him to that on the podcast is he has brought in legitimate new assets from his show specifically, but the other things seemed more important to him, Kirk, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I think that's where advisors have to really practice on understanding what the reward looks, what the reward actually is, because I think we're led to believe it's only one thing, lead generation. And yes, that is important. Ultimately, we want that to move our business forward, but there's a lot of other things too. Am I attracting the right people that save me time so I can go do other things with my life than chasing everybody around? Do I feel energized when I go home with my family because I, I met and talked with, I wasn't chasing a bunch of skeptics who I feel like I'm selling to all day and I'm frustrated all the time. Like there's no happiness in that. I don't know. There's very few people that I've met, very few financial advisors that love the grind of talking to people who don't already believe in them. Like I, I very rarely do I find an advisor who likes that. And if I do, in my experience, they're not very good advisors. They love the chase and the hunt more than they do. Yeah. Yeah. The actual experience of financial planning and the pride in doing that. So I think, you know, find a way to, to make sure you're, you have perspective on what is satisfying and what is a great outcome and get started, start your habit, find the cue, craving response reward, go get atomic habits as a book Listen, listen to the content or read the content that they push out. James Clear is uh, brilliant. It's an incredible book. For a lot of people, it's life and business changing that book. And what's really funny is that what we're really talking about, what we do for people is we help them create new habits that are going to change their businesses forever. That's really what our company is. We're influence accelerators, but really influence habit creators for achieving influence acceleration. That's really what we are. So if we can help you any way, shape, or form, go get her done. On uh, James Clear website, it actually has resources. After you've read the book, it's in the book. There's some great resources. It's actually what we're using to grab all these laws and lots of fun. Anyway, hopefully that was a good episode. Hopefully everybody liked it. Matt's going to give you some cool stuff here, so don't hang up. I just want to, I just want to wrap up this with three things. <clears throat> the first thing is, you know, this is an issue. It's time to make the change, right? So <clears throat> maybe this is the episode that makes you all realize that you have been making these mistakes and there's a way to solve these mistakes. And part of that is really looking at habits in a different way. The second thing is making sure that you are stop being the marketer that you aren't and just lean into being the expert you are. And that's what great content marketing can do for you. So many of you really overthink it. What we're wanting you to do is we want you to actually keep it simple and just say the things that you say on a regular basis to the people you love and care about or the people you want to love and care about. And that's how you're going to create great content. And there are three different ways that you can engage with us so that we can help you do that. Number one, you can do it yourself. Go to, go to podrocketacademy.com. 
You can join for free. There's a great paid version with eight hours of office hours, but there are courses out the wazoo, worksheets out the wazoo to help you not just create your own podcast, but also become the content marketer you need to be to compete in the expertise economy. Number two, let's say you just need to push. You need to push, right? You want somebody who's done over 7,000 episodes to really just launch your show. We can help you with that too. And if you want to know more about that, we'll put a link in the show notes. And then last but not least, if you are truly ready to make the real commitment and turn this into a habit, our managed influence services is that done with you service. This is what's been working for advisors. And again, over thousands of episodes, millions of impressions, hundreds of thousands of social media posts. We do it with you mostly for you, but there is some stuff that you have to do. So anyway, we'd love to talk to you about all of that. Please, please, please go to proudmoth.com and also join Pod Rocket Academy. And for Kirk, this is Matt, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you are meant to be.